Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Wednesday, February 5th, 2020. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my downtrodden co-host, Matt Sheehan. Matt, what's up? Yes, just another day in the woods, you know, just another another day being a Detroit slash uh, MSU sports fan. This is great. If I ever have the fortunate luck to have a kid one day, I'm never even going to tell them what sports are, uh, just even about their existence, let alone the teams that I root for. Uh, so, no, but we're fine. We're good. It's probably wise. Um, yeah. I mean... Zero upside to being a, a sports fan. Zero upside. Yeah, my I was raised as a Red Wings fan, uh, mostly. Tigers, too, a little bit, and then Pistons a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Certainly wasn't raised as a Lions fan, and that's just good parenting. That is good parenting from from oh, my mom and dad there. Um, sound parenting. Yeah. yeah. Anytime I hear something like, uh, "Yeah, I'm a lifelong New York Jets fan." Uh, my my parents raised me as a Jets fan. I'm like, man, Child Protective Services. <laughs> they got to step in at, <laughs> at some, some point. point. Yeah, yeah. Um. You know, dude, this uh, this sucks. This sucks. Okay, uh, you know what? Uh, intro time, and then I'll I'll just dive into like a, a quick little thing. Sure. Um, Does that work? All right. Yeah, it's tough time to uh, tough night for Michigan State. Uh, dude, well, I am exhausted right now. <laughs> I am absolutely exhausted between the game and this whole like D'Antonio thing. Like, I am just like actually drained right now. Yeah, it's a, it was a mental brain drain, mental brain drain day, uh, and Nailed anytime it. you're having. I don't know, a day of emotions up and down. Um, that is, it ends up being physically exhausting as well. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about the basketball game. We're going to talk about this basketball team. Uh, and we're going to try to squeeze in some more D'Antonio stuff. We're going to be talking about D'Antonio and the ensuing coaching search and, and all that jazz throughout the uh, the rest of the week for sure as news is developing. Um, but that's the plan for today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Matt, you, you want to uncork something? Do it. So, as a sports fan, when you have a good team on your hands and the season isn't going the way it is, you know how you have like the stages of grief or whatever. I think there are four stages to being a fan watching your team uh, kind of have a season that's not going to bear any fruit. Uh, it starts off with denial, you know, and this has happened in the past with you know Tigers. During their World Series window, uh, the the Pistons when they were starting to fall apart late in the two thousands. Uh, every Lions season, for some reason, people get <laughs> jacked up about it. But at first, it's it's denial. You know, like the the Purdue game was like, okay, I mean, it it, it can't be that bad. It, you know, it was a fluke, whatever. Boys will bounce back, whatever. Step two is uh, frustration. Uh, the Indiana game is just like, okay, well that that's certainly not a game we should lose, especially a second bad loss on the road. That was. Kind of annoying. Um, yeah, there's there's some holes that you see in that game, but boy, you know, it would be really nice if they could turn that around. I get to step three, and this is where it gets a little desperate because uh, then you're just at, at hope. You're, you're just hoping for a miracle that something that wasn't there before can just start going through. Like, I don't know, perhaps like a big man stepping up and being able to, uh, you know, do something in the paint whenever Tillman isn't doing anything. Uh, it's just hoping that, hey, maybe one of your wing players are going to start playing good and they're just not going to be ghost for an entire game offensively and sometimes defensively too. Um, and then you just get to step four after the Penn State game. I mean, sure, you know, good Penn State team, whatever. You know who's supposed to be really good, though, is Michigan State, and they haven't shown it, and that is why 
we are at step four, which is just acceptance. Um, this team, I think it goes without saying that they're not living up to their number one national ranking coming into the season. That's a very hard, very hard billing to live up to. But they're not even playing like a top 10 team, not even top 15 team. It got Well, lately, boy, you look at the last two weeks. Is this team playing like a top 25 team? I mean, they're getting murked on the road against not great teams. Not great teams. They're losing at home to Penn State. They have no one on offense other than Cassius Winston once again tonight. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm just in the acceptance phase where I'm like, okay, well, yeah, just prepare for a season that maybe flames out in the Sweet 16. I don't know So if they get there. What, That'd be cool. What are the... What are those the stages again? Without you start with denial. So we got you start with denial. Denial. Then you go to frustration. Frustration. So anger. Then you just go to hope slash desperation. And now uh, I'm basically at acceptance. I mean, it is what it is. I, I'm just sitting on the couch. I wasn't like uh, uh, like groaning or anything. I was like, no, nah, this this sounds about right. It it sounds about right. This team would go the final five and a half minutes of the game with you, you know just zero points from minutes five to one, and then finally in the last minute you get some desperation shots. Um, and yeah, no, he's couldn't put it away. Sure, Cassius misses that free throw at the end. Dude had, what, what did he have, 25 points, 9 assists. I mean, I, there's a lot of faults to, to be handed around. Cassius missing that free throw. Yeah, it's a bummer. Probably not, you know, I wouldn't make it a top three reason they lost that game. Yeah, okay, he had 25 points. He had to take 22 shots to get there. Who else is going to shoot the ball? Who, who else is going to do anything? He, he's, he's the only guy out there. He's on his own island. He's got no win players to play with. I mean, he he's got a big man that is missing layups. <laughs> I, I, I like I don't know what else you want Cassius to do. Like he's a, he's his own man out there. Of course, he shot the ball twenty two times. He has to shoot the ball twenty two times. So, oh well, that's where we're at now. Somebody actually, a couple people well, on Twitter. Some people asked me, "Is it time to hit the panic button?" And some people flat out said, "It's time to hit the panic button." It absolutely is now. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, so we're still, we're what, 45 minutes off the end of this game as we sit yeah. and record this. So I'm trying to process it, process where the team is, what they've been playing like, uh, both in the short term and the long term, right? Long term is a sunnier picture because there are better performances, um, like the Seton Hall game, which was months ago and if they went into Seton Hall today, I'm not sure they wouldn't lose by 15. <laughs> no, they absolutely. I would call a 15 point loss a, a good game if, if they were able to do that. Um, yeah. And you know, you've got really nice wins against Illinois and Michigan mixed in there, but you know, their last seven games, they're three and four in their last yeah. seven. They are, uh, you know, it's their second loss at home, couple neutral court losses, three, um, what do they have five they're two and three in conference on the road like mm-hmm. you know it's, and one of those is against northwestern like so yeah, you don't even count that yeah. you're, you're you're one and three on the road you in, beat, in conference you beat a quality big 10 team on the road ah ah a mm-hmm. in minnesota mm-hmm. so you know there's still you know any team with cassius winston on it is going to be <laughs> decent <laughs> like there's going to be capable xavier tillman is fantastic defensively um, there's a number of guys who on a given night can be really good, can also be really bad. And so they're just kind of this inconsistent group that is, I think, more inexperienced than we may realize. And that's leading to some of the inconsistencies um, with still 
uh, a potential high ceiling that every game that goes by get less and less confident that they'll one day reach that ceiling. Um, man, things have really swung <laughs> in the last couple of weeks for them. Like I, we went over the three concerns things uh, that you had just last week, a week ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you mentioned was schedule. And I said, yeah, you know, it is a really tough schedule. Everyone's got a really tough schedule, but every single game for the rest of the season, except for the Maryland game in a vacuum, Michigan state is still projected to win. They should be favored in every single game moving forward. And now just a week later, they have eight games left and four of them, remember, in a vacuum, individually, four of them are looked at as losses and four of them are looked at as wins. <laughs> like, things have really changed just in the last week or two uh, with this team. And that's what happens when you lose two teams you should beat, uh, you know, four out of seven times. Yeah, I, uh, sorry, I'm just looking at the schedule. Like, at Michigan, okay, that's going to be against a team that's fighting for their lives, fighting for the best win of their season. Okay, count that as a loss. Uh, at Illinois, please, we don't have to kid ourselves with that one. Pencil that as a loss. Uh, at Maryland, yeah, no, Maryland's playing really bad lately. Okay, we'll uh, count that as a maybe question mark on that one at Nebraska. Uh, yeah, that's a mediocre team on the road. I will count that as a loss as well. I, like, I, I, don't, I don't know where the four wins even come with, with eight games left in the regular season. Then you got Iowa, Maryland again at Penn State it's, versus Ohio State. Like this team can't get it done against mediocre teams that are just a few days ago are even missing two starters. So like it's uh, not looking great. Uh, yeah, okay, team's gonna make the tournament. Probably get like a nice little six seed action, and uh, I don't know what. Where do you think they'll be shipped to? St. Louis, you think? And, I don't yeah, know. It's probably they're, they're used to ending their season out in St. Louis. So yeah, let's just do that again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be negative, but like, how am I supposed to come off that game? How am I supposed to come off like the the recent losses and just think that everything's just peachy? Like, it's Cassius Winston and sometimes Tillman out there. That's it. And then Rocket Watts. Rocket Watts is solid whenever he isn't pulling a Dan Orlovsky on what would have been a great three. Um, But yeah, it's it's just them two out there. Like, man. I, I, I knew this team would miss McQuaid. I knew they'd miss Goins. I knew they'd miss Ward. I, I had no idea they'd miss him like that much to the point where they go to a Final Four lock to a, what, maybe second weekend team? Like, that's that's crazy. Well, the thing, actually, you know what? Let's pause here, and I want to I talk about that, those three guys specifically, and what seems to be missing from this team that wasn't missing last year, and I think it's kind of subtle, uh, but really important. So we'll do that here in just a second. Okay, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. even. All right, okay. I'm, I'm going to try to be better. No, no, I'm going to try to be better this segment. You're doing fine, pal. No, no. no so, no, no, no. Nick Ward, um, really to a lesser extent, because down the stretch, um, his playing time was limited, but Kenny Goins and Matt McQuaid. What is what? Two, fi- two fine players. Two of the greatest players in MSU history, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> they were adequate, solid college basketball players. Um, you know, professional overseas basketball players. Like that's, Which that's just what they were. They were just solid. But what did they have in common? What was one thing that they had in common? Just like not even speculatively, just uh, a fact, a fact about each of them last year. I want to see if you can get where I'm going here. Uh, either A, like they were both senior you leaders or B, they uh, neither of them were space rangers uh, for <laughs> stretches at a time. So You already got it. All right. You already got it. They're, they were seniors. 
They yeah. were smart, mm-hmm. experienced, composed down the stretch, and didn't make silly mistakes. And you saw even this Penn State game, Malik Hall is a true freshman. Aaron Henry's a true sophomore. They have a miscommunication on a flare, and Malik Hall throws it out of bounds because Aaron Henry's run, running the wrong way um, off the cut. It's not like it was late in the game or an important right. time or anything like that. Like, so game game time need to make plays. Rocket Watts steps out of bounds. Yeah, and you wonder why Catches has the ball in his hands and is shooting twenty two times because when it's not, stuff like that is happening. So it's that's it's just that's what they're missing. Um, Tillman's a really good basketball player. His offensive game is still coming around. Um, it's still what, the, the layups part. Yes, it's still, <laughs> that, that weirdly, is still coming along. weirdly the last couple of weeks he can't make layups. Um, but in terms of just like versatility, he's a good pick and roll player. Um, outside, like he's not someone creating off the dribble. He can play make out of the post, but he's not someone who you're like, all right, you know, Tillman have the ball in your hands. You know, try to make something happen here. And it's really even more so than last year. It's like Cassius or nothing because the other guys out there with him are maybe they're more talented. I would say I'd say I don't even think that's a crazy thing to say. They're more talented than Goins and McQuaid, uh, just from a raw physical tools skill set standpoint. Yeah, that's fair. But they're babies. You know, Malik Hall's played twenty games. He started like six. Rocket Watts, pretty much the same thing. Uh, a little bit more starting experience under his belt. It's just they they're not ready to and it's kind of it's frustrating because like should they be ready like maybe not they're freshmen they're freshmen for a reason there's a reason Tom Izzo freshman says freshmen are pieces of you know what <laughs> right you sure. just yeah. you're not that great um even guys who are top 10 recruits one and done fantastic lottery picks surefire lottery picks like even they um do really stupid stuff sometimes, but they are able to overcome it with just incredible ability. And Blake Hall and Rocket Watts uh, specifically are really good players, but they are two, three, four year players in college, both of them. Um, And they're just, you know, having to rely on those types of players in crunch time might be like the biggest single biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team. You swapped out two seniors who had been there, done that, for two guys who are true freshmen, babies who have between them like 10 legitimate like big moments. <laughs> Here, take a big shot. Um, mm-hmm. They just don't have big game, big moment experience yet. And uh, unless they're at Seton Hall, then in that case, <laughs> one of them does. Right. For like, one half and one half only. But dang it, it made it count. They've both flashed. Um. But you need more than flashes, as we've uh, come to see, because when you're uh, relying on flashes and the flashes don't show up, then you're looking and you're like, well, we've got Winston, and then... And, the, and that's how you end up losing yep. to a Correct. team like Penn State. Correct. Correct. You, you ever... This is a, a minor topic change here. Do you ever in life just have a take that starts off as a joke and then like it, it just progresses into something real? I'm sure I have, but go on. Because this is where I find myself with my take that originally started that uh, 
the worst thing that's ever happened to Aaron Henry and Gabe Brown was lighting it up against LSU <laughs> in the tournament last year yeah. because now they have like these expectations and everyone like thinks the world of them and yeah. now they have just so much pressure on them to perform. That's like real now, right? <laughs> I mean, it might be. Th- they they are very underwhelming, but they also enter the season in the scope of like, heck yeah, these guys really grew at the end of last year. Like these guys are gonna be gamers for us now. Mm-hmm. Was was Aaron Henry just better off just having like a ho hum like six <laughs> points, four rebounds, five turnover game against LSU? I mean, we would have won anyway. That, that was a beating. Yeah. So I I don't, I don't know. Like I I'm, I'm not getting anywhere with that. I just pointed out that man like. <laughs> It's, the, the expectations of him are who they were they were a little higher than what he is able to meet right now, yeah. and I'm starting to wonder if maybe that was the fault of just a us as fans and b Aaron Henry just for being too good for that one game in March. Dang it, this is on you, Aaron. So he's he's, got, just, he's just not he's just not great. Then it's a problem. It's a problem. You 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 need wings. I know it's a hot take. You you need wings that like can help on the offensive end ever so often. So Matt. Uh... His turnover rate is 24. A quarter of his possessions that he ends are turnovers. I'm sorry. I'm shaking my head. I know that doesn't come off audibly on the podcast, but I'm <laughs> shaking my head right now. Um, and that's someone who, with Henry, just doesn't... He has got a decent amount of the ball, but you know he turned it over four times with a 19% of the... Using 19% of the possessions... Cassius Winston had 39% of the possessions, turned it over three times. Like, he's just been, uh, Henry's been a turnover machine. If he didn't turn it over, he'd be great. <laughs> he'd be really good. Uh, but that's just, Sure, yeah. And if I was six foot ten, I could dunk a basketball. I know. But, like, I'm not. And, like, he, he's just keen on turning the ball over whenever he gets the chance. It's Yeah, he's, he's just, he puts himself into jams uh, a lot. And, He's someone who a ton of expectations were thrust upon this year. He's got to be the number three guy, and it's just it's not there. Um, he's not. He's. I know we talked about him a couple weeks ago, and I, I mentioned the games of double-digit scoring and how he's had a number of them this year. And since we did that, his last four games, nine points against Minnesota, six against Northwestern, five against Wisconsin, six against Penn State. Offensive ratings of 76, 101, 68, oh, 70. Boy. Uh, and before the 76, yeah. even he had a 71 uh, against Indiana, and you know he, he's he's God, he's, the turnovers are just what's absolutely killing him, and yeah, it just seems like it's just not gonna come all the way together for him this season, and that's fine. You know, he's a sophomore; like he's a, probably gonna end up being a four-year player. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, he's improved this year from last year. And if he improves again, you know, he'll be a good player. And by his senior season, he might be really good. Yeah, but I'd really like it if he was good now. I know. You know? I, know, like, I, know I, I, I think know. that'd be cool. Yeah. So, it's just, and, and Gabe Brown, you know, he does stuff really well. And he's improved a lot, too. But he just doesn't have enough of the ball. He used 6% of the possessions. Right. And sc- right. scored 7 points. It's just like, I, I, and I don't know if it needs to be like, he needs to be coached to do more because he's he's you know he's a catch and shoot spot up guy right now and occasionally finishes lobs like that's kind of it yeah and that's good but like that's not taking any pressure off Cassius and the only one who's really taken pressure off him consistently um over the last month has been Rocket Watts yeah and again that's a true freshman who's talented certainly talented 
Yeah, he's no, he's he's had a good stretch. Yeah, but, I, I I had that, that thing about him where he turned into Dan Orlovsky for a quick second. That was obviously a horrible, horrible sequence there. But yeah, overall, he has had a good stretch. Yeah, and he wasn't good against Penn State, but he's been really good in other games. And he's he was one of the worst though against Penn State. Yeah, he, he was up. He's up and down, and sometimes he's awesome, and sometimes you're like, yeah, that's a true freshman. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to rely on him despite the, like I think the the improvements he's made on the offensive end even from the first half of the season when he and then when he sat out and he came yeah. back like he put together some a really nice run um, definitely but yeah rocket isn't the the problem here like in, in this stretch no of... it's 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 all these things and when it like yeah when it boils down to it like he's kind of slid in as the pseudo third option in the absence of Henry's production uh, and that's just not going to get it done. That's not enough to get you over the top. So in order for this team to, I don't know, reach heights that potentially we would like them to reach, you know, Winston has to keep doing his thing. Tillman has to find a little more consistency on the offensive end. Yeah. Um, his defense is incredible. He's a really good basketball player um, and is super important. He even five freaking blocks against Penn State. <laughs> He grabbed 11 yeah. rebounds, blocked five shots, had two steals, um, and scored nine points on five shots. Like, <laughs> Right. But beyond and, that, something needs this to happen. Someone needs to step well, up. Someone needs to fill the void. And, and this is piggybacking this, too. And, uh, you know, with the upcoming schedule at Michigan, at Illinois versus Maryland, I mean, this is a real conversation that, like – Tillman is going to have another kid soon. Like, if he misses one of these games yeah. too, like that—that's not going to make life any easier. Like, no. I'm sure just the fact that he's having a kid any minute now has got to be weighing on him. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't have any experience with that, but I would imagine that's got to be all, just a wee bit stressful. Uh, so yeah, like, okay, so he's gone. Who's going to step in? Uh, uh, Bingham, Marble, and Kiss here. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're fine as reserves, but man, oh man, I don't know if they can handle that old big old spotlight. So, yeah, the, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that, that, that's a legitimate concern, though, to, to carry on here in the next week or two. So, yeah, the yeah. the middle, the the middle class of this team, if you want to put it that way, it's an easy yeah, way to sure. visualize it. Is really just not strong enough. It's not consistent enough. There's nobody. Nope. Like McQuaid and Goins weren't high ceiling players, but you knew their floor and you got their floor pretty much every game. <laughs> like yep. you knew what you were getting. Um, and beyond one and two uh, on this team, you don't really know what you're getting night in, night out. And that's the that's the biggest thing. It's a bunch of young guys trying to figure it out beyond Tillman and Winston. And that's really hard to win that way um, in college basketball. But clearly, yeah. They can always figure it out, Matt. <laughs> yeah, last year did happen. Last year did happen. But no, I'm. I'm uh, no, I, yeah, no, we need to. No. You need to see it. You got to see it before you believe it. Um, especially at this point when we've got 23 games of sample size to work off. All right, let's pause here for a sec. Let's come back and talk about Mark D'Antonio and his press conference and uh, just oh, di- riveting halftime speech too. Very inspirational speech. So we'll do that here in just a second. Matt, were you in any way, shape, or form kind of like peeved by the halftime speech? Uh, yeah, and then like I felt a little bad being peeved because uh, I'm like, uh, I don't know, this is his retirement ceremony, he could do it however he wants, but like, 
what you could have fit that into a vine like (laughs) it was like hey go green be penn state and i was like what why is he walking away why did he just hand off the microphone what oh he's done oh okay that interesting yeah what what was your takeaway from it i mean it's not the end of the world or whatever but yeah i thought it was quite strange to just keep that at like what 18 seconds my take is that mark d'antonio had himself a day that's fair yeah. Um, we've seen a lot of different D'Antonios throughout the year. Yeah, a lot of them grumpy. Yeah. I don't remember specifically. Maybe you can help. I don't remember a sad D'Antonio. Oh, pool. I'm sure we could dig one up, but no. Usually, usually it's not sad as his go-to emotion. It's usually just irritated. Mm-hmm. No, that's it. Irritated. Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. Um, emotional in a different way than I've seen from him. Um, you know, he's always curt, surly, mm. irritated, whatever, whatever you want to use to describe him. But he was, I think, equal parts. And again, there's still some mystery around this. There's some radio station in Chicago reporting that D'Antonio was uh, told either resign or we're going to fire you. Um, I don't believe that for two seconds, but I will believe it for one second because I could see the athletic department being so stupid that they would do this in in February. But that's the only sliver of percent chance I'm getting. The other 99%, no, I don't believe it. Yeah, um, I I, I haven't seen much built upon that, just the one sort of report, again, from a radio station in Chicago. So make of that of what you will. Um, But the point is, the point is there's still some sort of mystery uh, about this. And I don't know. It just seemed like he didn't want to be doing this in this way. Um, And I think part of it is how the season has gone or the last four seasons have gone where the Mm -hmm. program is right now, the fan morale, the feeling about him especially when you compare it to the college football playoff season and the years before that, it's a precipitous drop. And um, I think if I pulled you aside after the, at like playoff, they're about Michigan state's about to run onto the field for the playoff. And I said, Hey Matt, yeah, Michigan state's about to get absolutely worked for 60 minutes in this game. And then the program is going to fall off a cliff and Mark D'Antonio is going to retire in shame in four years. Mm, I will accept if there is a <laughs> Holiday Bowl title in the mix. But it's it's been a fast and steep drop. Um, and I think, I don't know, it probably all hit him today because he's been working on this. Uh, we found out in the press conference for the last couple of weeks this has been in the cards. And um, so I'm sure it sort of all hit him today, telling the team, telling his staff, telling everyone – um, and then doing that press conference that this was it. Um, and so, yeah, I think he just had a bad day. <laughs> um, I did laugh when he cut off Dan Murphy of ESPN and said, we're not about, I think he was asking about Austin Robertson. Um, and he said, we're not talking about that today. It's a celebration. <laughs> and I was like, did somebody, oh, did somebody die at this celebration? I, <laughs> like that's a liberal term that you celebration there. Like, yeah. Oh, it doesn't feel like any, like he, I've never heard somebody yell in that tone. This is a celebration. <laughs> it's like, Oh, it me. no, I, yeah, whatever. I, 
It doesn't feel I, like I, I missed most of the press conference. I, I, I was at dinner. Did he talk to, like, the timing of this? And, like, if if he acknowledged that he put MSU kind of in a not great bind with his February departure? Oh, you like was that... He said it was the best time oh, to I do it. I doubt that. Oh, my God. I... He's, he says, he said, this is, I'm just going to tell you what he said. At, after signing day and all that's done, um, that is the official end of the season for him. And that is when he, just in his preparations and all that, turns the page from last season to this season. It's sort of the official beginning of the season. And he said while he was visiting with recruits the last – hold on. He said while he was visiting with recruits over the last few weeks, he was just sort of realizing that if he waits and goes, then the the next person is going to have a gap year in recruiting where they'll have you know that terrible class with 13 kids. That happens when there's a turnover – um, but if he did it this way, then the new person could just come in, pick up his full recruiting class, and then by time the 2021 cycle comes around, they'll have had enough time to sort of restock and get a full class out of it. That was his logic. The season ends sort of tomorrow for him, and that would be the, the perfect time to leave is, is what yeah. he said. I mean, that, that's fine and all. I had to get it from a recruiting standpoint. But at the same time, you know who else you got to recruit? You, you got to recruit coaches, too. Yeah. And what coaches are going to want to get up and leave their program in February as well. Yeah. Like, th- this is not just a, about the players here. Like, I guess there was a report that they did call Iowa State and they called Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's no interest, of course. And would there be interest back in December? Mm, maybe. Probably, probably not. not. Probably not. But uh, would there be a chance? Uh, sure Maybe. yeah you can't write it off completely but yeah it's kind of ludicrous to ask a coach to leave his post uh in early february kind of what a month before spring ball starts uh, it's yeah, yeah not a he, it's actually not great timing mark but that is so very poetic of him to just like he did with the offense and the changes of the game to not really realize what the actual landscape of the rest of college football is like but just going on his own accord and just saying no the offseason starts in February for me. Like, I don't care what everyone else is doing. For me and for us, it starts right now. Like, no, but it should probably start in December, January. But, hey, here we are. I thank you for your memories. And <laughs> sorry to speak poorly on you on a, on a celebration day. So. Yeah, he was asked uh, if he thought MSU might have a tough time because of the timing. And he was adamant that people would crawl to Michigan State to take the job. I I did you see that, that quote. quote. Yeah, like, I did well, see that. That's pretty much the only one I saw. And uh, oh, this kind of gave that one a, an interesting look to the phone. So yeah, it's it's tough because if you miss Luke Fickle, if you miss Narduzzi, man, you're in a you're in a spot of bother, as they they say uh, across the pond. Um, it, it's just going to be like if they strike out on Fickle, uh, perhaps Narduzzi if they reach out to him, they strike out on Campbell. It, right, yeah. It's Mike Dressel. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's been some positive signage with Luke Fickle, but who knows? Um, yeah. We'll certainly be following this one uh, as it progresses. I was really glad to actually see, and credit to Bill Beekman. I didn't think they'd ever even reach out to Matt Campbell. So yeah. that's nice. That's a good positive sign. Um unfortunate you had to do it in february and you got immediately shot down um but hey you know they're at least yeah. looking in the right direction we're, we're shooting our shots you know we're look at us go. yeah yeah that's what i said like end of december maybe you could throw a huge offer at someone like matt campbell and get him to think about it at least 
but it's February. Like that dude's locked into his team season. He's about to finish off his class and jump into spring ball. Um, his next jump is most logically to a top 15, top 10 program or the NFL. Like he's not going to take, and it's not a horizontal step, but it's like slightly up, like just a half step up, a nice step up from Iowa State. He's not going to do that in the middle of February and just throw everything into chaos and be that person. Like it's just, that's not how things are going to operate. You're going to have to find someone who really wants to coach Michigan State. Um, and yeah, I think that the pool of candidates has certainly shrunk um, compared to what it was maybe two months ago. It, because it's February 4th. Yeah. Because it's February 5th or 4th, 5th. Let, 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 let's not lose sight of this because he left on February effing 4th. I feel like that sometimes. Just breaking here, Jordan Simmons is not signing with Michigan State tomorrow. I'm sure you've already heard about this since you are listening to it on uh, Wednesday morning. So there's the first fallout, not surprising. Um, Ennis, or not Ennis Rakestraw. Oh, God, what's his name? The other running back. Uh, I forget. Oh, uh, Eaglin? Yeah, Donovan Eaglin is sticking with his commitment. So uh, good for him. Uh, He's the one who chose Michigan State over some Division II offers. So, (sighs) Get bent, everyone. That's right. We're back, baby. Get Ben. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Locked On Spartans. We'll be back tomorrow, probably with more D'Antonio stuff, whatever the latest is. On that, we'll be talking about the fallout of this uh, as we progress through the rest of the week here. So thanks so much for listening. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get podcasts. Matt, take us home. Never, ever, ever teach your kids, tell them, or even show them sports ever. There is no upside. Life goes on, and uh, yeah, there's there's more life than sports, but we're just too deep in it now to go back at this point. Don't send your kids or future kids down this path. All right, goodbye, everyone. Eat at Arby's.